Welcome to Declare Your Independence. We're on the Love Bus here in Lancaster, New Hampshire. We just finished with Porcupine Freedom Festival, and we're into the Fork Fest, where uh, we're having Fourth of July here. And we're just now, you know, waiting tomorrow. It probably won't be raining, so we get to put the logos and decals and everything on the bus, and we'll have great pictures Fourth of July where a lot of people in the Liberty community here are going to be closer than six feet. As we were doing Porcupine Freedom Festival, part of the Free State Project here in America, New Hampshire, uh, Lancaster, New Hampshire here, people were very, um, uh, give me some COVID, you know, give me a hug. What I think I saw a couple of masks for a little bit, and then they kind of gave that up. Up in this entire area, I'm not seeing maybe employees, if you work for a large corporation, if you got directive by someone, you got to kind of, and that's where this has been coming from. It's not coming from the people. I mean, you got your Karens out there and somebody wants to explain it to you and you're not standing in your circle. But I'm, I'm not getting the impression that there is a, a clamoring and a mandate by the people with fear that just it's not coming from there so i took the time today we had uh you know a long show we were talking about a lot of things and and i knew we were going to be talking to james corbett today corbettreport.com and i took the time on freedoms fee i'm publisher of freedoms phoenix which is a news portal and i did searches on our own site and found yeah we have been covering the event 201 and, but it didn't start till March, April, you know, we started putting, you know, a lot of this stuff, it was starting to line up with a lot of things that were happening. As I went through a highlight reel on that, and of course it's, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates, everything. And, uh, of course, I, I think of the information that James Corbett got out, but I, I started going through some of the, you know, this kind of pretend planning that they had. It was the war room round table of whatever and it was everything that we're seeing now. So my question to you, James, is that when I look at this stuff and I see their demeanor and the people involved and what they were looking for, I'm going, obviously it was a plan. Obviously it was obvious. And I'm wondering what they were thinking that by doing this and detailing it and it happening and we got Fauci coming out and saying, I guarantee there's going to be a pandemic event or something like that. And it happens. I'm looking at, did they think we weren't going to notice or know that they said they don't care? Is it big wheels a turning? And are they think the American people aren't going to matter? We're not in the equation. We don't care. It's uh, we just do what we're told. I'm wondering what you think their mindset is as they detailed their plan and then started enacting it. Enlighten me on that. Well, let's look at the possibilities and let's detail them. Um, I can think of two right off the top of my head. One is that this, the it, again, the crazy specificity of what they were wargaming out there and its eerie uh, correlation with what started playing out just a, a month later is either a sign that this was not, in fact, a whatever you want to call it, a prediction, uh, not a prediction, but a, a actual planning event for what they were going to do, um, but an actual coincidence, or it indicates that they do want those with eyes to see and ears to hear to know this information. 
for some reason. They want them. They want us to know that this was planned out in advance. Why? That would be the only question. Why do they? I mean, because right. obviously this was going to come out. Obviously, it would come out in the alternative media. Um, so why would they want that? And perhaps it is answered in inside of the simulation itself. Did you watch the full thing or just the highlight reel? I um, well, I've seen a bunch of stuff over the months, but this, what I did today mm. was a highlight reel. Yeah. Um, so if you get into, I think I can't remember if it's the fourth or fifth hour of the uh, simulation where they go into whoa whoa the, whoa uh, whoa media. time out time out time out how many hours was this thing i think i think it was six if i remember correctly and you watched the or whole thing six, of course because you're james parts. corbett yeah it's just an hour per video <laughs> yeah you can work your way through it and uh i suggest you know people who are interested should probably do so um it was scary uh, be, uh, well a couple of things that are interesting about it one of which is the fake news reports like literal fake news reports that they mocked up for this scenario where um i mean not only just the idea of having these actors sitting there and presenting it no, like they CNN did like a 60 minutes retro respective of a year from now of when it happened yeah. in 65 million of how and yeah. this is what it's a exactly. script it's like a movie script yeah it really exactly right and and, it, and actually some of the simulation um uh tv events they were doing were interesting uh i can't remember off the top of my head but i remember one of the one of the segments they did was like a mock interview or a mock debate um about something about like closing down businesses or something and like and they were essentially i mean you this almost could have been uh, the type of debate you would have seen on the real cnn just a few months later although it was clearly scripted these are clearly actors reading lines but those are the kinds of things that they knew would be in the event of this pandemic, the type of things people would be talking about. So again, it's really quite in your face. And obviously anyone who wants to just dismiss event 201, Oh, it was just a coincidence. I don't know. I just, okay, who is trying who would, you know, after you see, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, you know, they, them, those are planning and here it comes and they're doing and, um, and prepping somebody. It's almost like they're, it's, it's an, a way to not secretly or get you know conspiratorial. We're just openly handing the script to different departments and different people, yeah. and this is your yeah. role. And you got a guy yeah. in a uniform representing the CDC of I, you know, I got combat training. I mean, you know, it's, it's just yeah. I can. And then uh, the prominence of Asia and China in this whole thing, mm-hmm. and this is before China. I'm just yeah. this is it. It I've seen this before. With a lot of they, them, those, secret handshake, build of whatever people, Rothschild, Rockefeller, and whatever the hell they're going to do to you. They like, or somehow they need, or they get justified in screwing you if they tell you they're going to do it and exactly how they're going to do it. Yeah. So and, yeah. and so this was detailed. This is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. This is how we're going to report it. This is what you're going to do. And I got some phrases in here that just, this is what, you know, what scared me. You know, they got um, uh, businesses and government working together. You know, this is, you know, it's like fascism, you know, 101. We're going to do this. We're going to have to do that. You know, we're going to need to de- determine who needs the help the most, not just countries or different places, but individuals. You know, this is kind of this death panel thing. We got limited resources, unequal access to resources needs to be taken care of. So they're going to direct where things go. 
You know, um, we need to know where all the supplies are. And I remember a, uh, a few summers ago, it was in uh, Washington State, and some neighbors of friends had put in a grain silo, and they signed it off. Yeah, it's not going to fall down. We're all good. And there was a guy over there with one of those GPS things. I'm sure I told you this before. He's got a GPS thing. They're GPS tracking where all the food is. You know, who are you? Oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a, you know, like a census taken of grain. You know, I'm like, wow, I feel better now, you know. So this is some of the stuff. I mean, I got a bunch more here, but it seems like they're, and they were talking about the economy. They were talking about, you know, how, but it's not the economy. This would not happen naturally. This had to be done by force. This had to be enacted by a, somebody saying whatever. And when they did the H1N1, when this happened before 10 years ago, that's when we started, you know, like stockpiling. Yeah, they're going to, you know, do this. This is how they're going to do it. Um, when they started doing it, we found out later that the governors had billions of dollars. There's a bribe. You go, why in the hell did this governor? They're bribing them. They're threatening them. There's something. Has, has there been any scratching of that surface? Have you, you're, you're digging into that at all? Um. I can't think of any specific things off the top of my head, but I, I think everyone would be best situated to find in their own locale, their own their right. own governor or their own county officials or whatever. Right. I mean, because there'd be a million examples of this. Example. But I, I just want to underline. I want to underline what, what you just said just a few minutes ago because it is important. There's another possibility if we're laying out the possibilities. One of which is that, uh, and these possibilities aren't mutually exclusive, by the way. One possibility is that, yes, they need this type of planning event to get everyone on board to know what the script is that they're going to follow in the event of this event that we're about to uh, launch. Because, of course, not everyone is a conspirator who's involved in the intimate planning of this, you know, coronavirus thing. That No, but they you can bring them into the conspiracy in a completely open way by having a simulation. They get so their three by five card and know what to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I didn't, I didn't do the full, like a podcast episode, just delving into event 201 at the time, because I felt other people were doing that, but I really, I guess I should specifically in the context of, I have said a few times, this is the WTC seven of the coronavirus nine eleven, And, uh, I, it's the smoking gun. It, uh, there's definitely a lot to, uh, to dig into. So, um, yeah. Well, here, here's one thing uh, they were talking. Also, one other thing I, I wanted to point out that you pointed out. Uh, it, yeah, China, interestingly involved in this event 201, despite the fact that the fake COVID caps, they call it in the simulation, did not originate in China. It was it originated in Brazil or, or Mexico or South America. Somewhere, somewhere else. Like <laughs> uh, yeah, somewhere else. Um, but the head of the Chinese CDC, George Gao, was specifically involved and in sitting there at the table in that list of participants. You know, one of the things, everything is, it, it really, you know, um, at the time when we found out about it, March, April or something, it may have been, you know, one of our conversations. I remember you talking about it and uh, we had stories on it and I kind of, you know, mentioned, it, yeah, well, of course, you know, but I, I did not see this highlight reel and it was way too specific. I mean, you know, of course, now as time has gone on and they actually enacted it, you know, I'm more sensitive to it, but it, it probably wouldn't have been as sensitive then. But it's industries and trade associations have to come together in cooperation to blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, private industry cooperation for logistics. 
they couldn't do this. They need. They need. I remember my. Uh, so my children work at Honeywell Aerospace. President Trump came, landed the plane at Sky Harbor, walked over, and thank you, America, for making masks. You turned to, from making whatever the hell you were making before making masks, and you kind of two thumbs up, family, good fun. So I'm going. This is it, it's just it's stick and carrot all over the place to get. And it's just like with social media, stick and carrot, stick and carrot. Do you say the right things? Do you say the wrong things? This has been a a massive psyop that is done on every level of society with all associations, with all infiltration of all their guys and their liberal arts degree of somebody's got a degree in an accountant and an attorney. I mean, you can see it. They need these city attorneys. They need these county attorneys. They need these people in the name of uh, we don't like Orange Man or whatever the hell it is that they're doing. And I'm going, wow. So um, uh, what was some of the others here? Oh, this is the one I wanted you to comment on. We need a Marshall-type plan to, uh, you know, freaking everything. I mean, they were talking marshalling. The Marshall plan... Explain the Marshall Plan to the audience, and what do they mean by a Marshall-type plan? You know, that's an excellent question, because I did not interpret it that way. Uh, You will note that I did play that clip in Medical Martial Law 2020. I interpreted it as him saying that they needed to put uh, put their response on a Marshall Law footing. But you're right. He did, I think, specifically use the term Marshall Plan, which... No, he said it. He said a Marshall... Type plan. Yeah. This is yeah. like we need a Pearl Harbor event. Okay. Right. I mean, this is a Marshall type plan. Now, the Marshall yeah. plan was the rebuilding yeah. of Europe after World War II if we spent yeah, all right. the money on whatever the yeah. heck. So, this is an international thing, but it's not, you know, from, uh, you know, everybody to, to us or something like that. It's going to be the U.S. to everybody. You know, we just print yeah. the money or something. I mean, who's well, Marshall-type plan from was, where to where? that was the template. That's the Marshall plan. But I think this was some sort of global version of that. But where's the money coming from and who's it going to go to? Uh, we'll work out those details later. But, um, yeah, it's an exceptionally important part of history. And, in fact, probably bears its own podcast or episode or something. That yeah, I there's not a Marshall plan Cor- Corbett thing. What the heck, man? Uh, there there <laughs> isn't, uh, surprisingly enough. No, there is nothing on the Marshall plan specifically. But, um I will note that uh, isn't it the Marshall, the Marshall Fund or something like that? It is one of the sort of remnants of that legacy that to this day uh, cooperates with or funds the Atlantic Council or works with them in the whole NATO propaganda sphere. So yeah, of course. Th- we still we that Marshall name still continues to re- resonate. But yeah, you're right. He does say Marshall type plan, and I, at the time, I had interpreted that as him trying to say Marshall law. But no, it was Marshall Plan. Yeah, yeah. no, I I, 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 even read what, 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 what the hell does that mean? And I go, what did he say? A Marshall? Because yeah, I'm like doing stuff but, and but listening. Doesn't he say war, war footing or something like that? I, uh, I he may have. Well, that, what's the difference? I mean, you know, you got yeah. a Marshall type plan. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I even wrote it down in quotes: a Marshall type plan. That means government and industry and people be damned and resources going somewhere else from me. Now, they can just print it up, and all of a sudden, my grandkids yeah. are indebted. Yeah. But I'm just like, a Marshall-type plan. Then they start, right after that, they go, we have to control and have trusted sources of information. Man, and I, that probably wouldn't have made as much of a scared of crap out of me four months ago. But, you know, now we need trusted sources of information. 
What the hell does that mean? So um, you're going to be interested when you go through and watch all five segments. There are five segments. It runs a full length of three hours, um, and it's worth it, so do it. Uh, you can watch it on double speed if you, if you really need to get through it. But uh, segment four is on communications discussion and epilogue video, and that's where they have their roundtable about how to handle the communications regarding the pandemic, and they talk specifically about all this disinformation and misinformation that's being spread online by bad actors, whether state or non-state, and how are we going to confront this? What are we going to do about it? And they're all talking about well, how they have to get the message out through trusted, they have to use trusted uh, or, or uh, organizations or people who have trust with the public in order to get the official message out. And bizarrely, laughably, at one point, I can't remember which uh, participant is saying it, but they say, oh, you know, our our organization has done polling and found that most people will trust their employer or boss in a situation like this. So we have to get this, the, the top CEOs of the country helping to spread this message, which I don't and, know what well, And of course you on, have but, to oh. shut, you have to get them on board and you got to shut down every single freaking mom, pa, we got business to compete with nothing. Everybody's got Walmart and Amazon. Right, so this is the dark shadow of what they're saying. So yeah, they're that saying was their logistics thing, I can see message it. Out, the official WHO, this is what you got to do message, and we're going to use the corporations to do that. But of course, the dark shadow of that is, well, we have to get, we have to deal with this disinformation. And they do not come out and say, um, in fact, at some point, I think they say censoring or, or trying to suppress the information is going to be worse because it's going to make it worse or whatever, something along those lines. Um, but uh, clearly, I think they're, I, they talk about flooding the zone with good information. Um, i.e. they have to get the, their good official WHO propaganda out through every outlet and make sure everyone's flooded with it. But um, as Derek Rose of ConsciousResistance.com has noted several times, and I agree with him, I think that isn't just about flooding the zone with their good information. I think they are going to, or probably have been, intentionally trying to seed disinformation and misinformation out there that they can later come on and debunk and say, look, see, this was the bad news that this these alternative media outlets were passing around and because of that that's why your grandma died and that's why we need to take them off the internet well th this has been you know that jfk and 9-11 and i've seen this forever they have you going down rabbit holes or whatever and you point that out a lot you know and your stuff so you know I, and thank you for that you know i'm sensitive to it but it's um you know, I don't really mind the disinformation. You know, put it out there, whatever. It it highlights the credibility of the people that said it. You know, so it's just you know, it it, it all. I, I I put it out. You know, everybody's kind of because a lot of people got confirmation bias anyway. But I'm 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 more concerned about the censorship of good information. That is, you know, they always they'll want to seed it so that they can. Oh, we gotta get this off. This guy's not any good. He's fake news and whatever. But what they're really doing is they just want the control of the good information not to be up because they're not censoring you because you lied. They're censoring because you told the truth. No, right. And this goes exactly back to what we were talking about last time about the fact checkers because that is exactly yeah. what this is about. It's about smearing all of this misinfo and muddy info together and just saying anyone in this space is therefore fact-checked. They shouldn't be verified. They shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to see them if you're browsing the Internet. And, in fact, you say, like, who would, who would dismiss Event 201? Well, factcheck.org. New coronavirus wasn't predicted in simulation. And they have this entire fact-check, which boils down to the fact that there were 
you know, headlines about Event 201 when this came out in the independent media, of course, saying like, wow, they held the simulation and in the simulation, 65 million people die of this new coronavirus. And then now there's this new coronavirus. And the fact check is saying, well, first of all, uh, th they weren't predicting NCOV 2019. They were just predicting uh, some other coronavirus or something like, oh, OK, well, debunked. But they were also saying, and so far, 65 million people haven't died. Therefore, this is debunked. <laughs> like, wait, what did you debunk there? OK, wait, 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 wait. So they're actually making the attempt to, like, debunk that event 201 was what didn't happen or it doesn't have anything to do well, with it or no you see that's the thing that's the thing that what they are actually when you drill down on it what they are debunking is some sort of claim that 65 million people will die of the specific caps coronavirus they were predicting in this event to one no one is claiming that no one with their heads okay is saying who's that. fun who but are the these debunkers point. and who funds them it, well, the whole point of the debunk is just so that when you type Event 201 into Google, because, debunk. of course, that's where the normies will go, the first thing that will come up is the factcheck.org link to say debunked. And most people won't even click on that link. They'll just say, look, it's the month. And so that's, that's one thing that's you pointed the out. Of the fact a lot of these de debunking sites, and you, of course, you pick a bunch of them, you know, and they're all funded by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. You know, I mean, I mean yeah, I, one I, you way know, or another. Yeah, one way or another. And I mean, and when, you got to be careful when you say all, but I mean, everyone I've looked, I mean, it's all in one way or another. I mean, they fund another group that funds, that funds, that funds. I mean, after three or four, how far do I got to go? How many more I got to do? I get it. Well, okay. To be fair, factcheck.org, I, I think, is the, uh, the Annenberg Foundation. And you can look into their ties and blah blah blah, but it's the whole milieu of the foundation complex. I'm 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 convinced. You know the one thing that they uh, did also address. They were going global community, global answer, global mistrust of government. They kept saying these kinds of things, and I'm going well. The, you know the distrust of government is like a problem, and it was. And, I, and then I started thinking about. United Nations and who coming out, the biggest threat to the global community is these, you know, vaccine hesitancy, whatever the hell that means, you know, and I'm going, this is, they're, they're bringing it all out, man. There was something, there's some desperation thing going on here. There's some plan. Uh, let's just highlight what you just pointed out there. Vaccine hesitancy is the word they are trying to embed right now. They are trying to conflate anti-vax which, of course, most people will think, well, against all vaccines at all times for everyone in all situations, just these crazy anti-vaxxers who are against all medical science. They're trying to conflate that position with vaccine hesitancy. So if you have any questions about the safety or efficacy of any vaccine at all that is being mandated or, or being put on a schedule by government, then you are vaccine hesitant and you are the problem that has to be eliminated. <laughs> and they have held all sorts of I mean, there's white papers, there's there's uh, things being held by the Rockefeller Foundation about this. There was uh, hearings that were held uh, in Ontario last year about this that I saw, uh, for example, Rosemary Frey, who I recently had on the program. She was presenting at that, basically making the point that, you know, this is a convenient thing for big pharma. If you portray literally any question about any of these vaccines as vaccine hesitancy and ban it, you are essentially giving the green right to green light to big pharma to put out anything and they will be indemnified from everything which of course is the point point. Um, and this is the exact point that 
you would think, of course, thinking of the old, you know, left-right nonsense, you would think the people on the left used to have at least some concern about big corporate, you know, capitalists, it's the capitalists trying to kill you. Um, so why are we trusting these big corporations and big pharma? Why do we give them the green light? Oh, science, because science. And that has overridden for a lot of the people on the phony left, that has overridden whatever kind of hesitancy they used to have about corporations. You know what I'm looking for here? I had it up. I thought I did. I can, you know, find. I got all these stories I wanted to talk about, but it was um, Fauci making a gazillion. He has a nine dollar, you know, medicine row, whatever the hell it is, and he's going to charge you know thousands of dollars for treatment. He's going to make gazillions of dollars because these guys get to patent their own stuff. And they don't want, you know, uh, uh, malaria drugs that fix and everything. Hey, man, I got mine over here. Man, no, hell no. Man, I won't be a gazillionaire. And nobody challenges it. Why? Yeah, of course. Uh, to, you know, it, it, the interesting part about all of this is that even as lucrative as selling health quote-unquote, to the public has been over the past several decades through Big Pharma, which, of course, is not really selling health. It is actually in their business model interest to keep you sick, but dependent on their chemicals. Um, but as, as lucrative as that has been, it is about to get orders of magnitude more lucrative as the new prevailing paradigm is you must be healthy at all times, and we will uh, we will literally jur juridically oblige you, as Giorgio Gumbin writes, oblige you to health. You will have to take whatever chemicals these people are putting out and, and with the force of law. So that's going to basically put a, a, a underscore under the bottom line of these corporations. It is about to become an unimaginably lucrative you know, I didn't uh, see like I, Bill Gates to be investing in. It may have been one of your videos. I, I saw this, and it's the first time that I saw that Bill Gates was on a financial program to where they brought up the finances of vaccines. Oh, yeah, we invested $2 billion, but, man, we're making bank on the back end and proud of it. You know, I mean, this is what do you think. I just give $2 billion away without your expectation I won't get some. You know, I well, was. Okay, so so let me be the devil's advocate here against that clip, which I did include in the Gates documentary. So I will I will put, play the other side and I will make the what a Bill Gates supporter would say about that clip. Um, he specifically is talking in regards to Becky Quick's question on CNBC about the return on investment for vaccines, which she says, oh, it kind of stunned me when you when you came up with these numbers, can you run through the math? And he says, you know, we see a phenomenal track record from investing in vaccines. Uh, it's been $100 billion overall that the world has put in. Our foundation is a bit more than $10 billion, But we feel there's been over a 20 to 1 return. So if you just look at the economic benefits, that's a pretty strong number compared to anything else. Now, the question is, what what is he talking about with that return? Does he mean that the Gates Foundation has invested $10 billion and they've gotten $200 billion out of it? Or is he saying that, no, the, the overall effect to the economy in keeping people healthier has been a 20 to 1 in terms of the investment that these governments are making. They get a 20 to 1 what do you think on that in the sense that people are more able to go to work and be productive and all of that. That, I guarantee you, that is the way the Gates supporters will spin what he is saying. Well, what do you think? Uh, I, I think it's a bit of both, actually. I mean, I think I get, I get why he's saying that. I, I don't agree with it, obviously, but I get he's probably thinking that he is saying that. 
what he is actually saying and <laughs> what what the the actual truth which there really is a bottom line return on investment on this but i don't think he is intending to say no he's not it's, it's like I, but what Silver i got Steve out of it was this is that he is incentivizing entrepreneurs to get into the space and that there's money to be made and the fact that he happens to be one of the guys making the money, well, that's just a side thing, you know? Yeah. And it, it was yeah. because I saw there was one thing in here uh, I did write down. They were going, entrepreneurs, we must incentivize entrepreneurs to blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, mm-hmm. wow, this is they're, mm-hmm. they're talking fascism and they don't even realize it. Or they don't care. I mean, you know, they, you know. Well, of course, we're going to have public-private partnership and all this other crap. You know, one thing yeah. I had up, I wanted to talk well, about. Uh, and let me, sorry, let me interject while we're on that subject because it's exceptionally important. That's why I included it in the, in the documentary, not just about Gavi's specific goal being creating healthy markets for vaccines. That's what they say in black and white. That's why. That's that's their goal. Of they need a big special do, interest but, business. But they got that from. Uh, the Center for Global Development, which preceded Gavi in the early 2000s, they put out a report called Making Markets for Vaccines, in which basically <laughs> their brilliant idea is we're going to convince governments to sign on the bottom line and say we commit to buying any vaccine that is made for <clears throat> such and such purpose, for such and such delivery of such and such program in such and such country before the vaccine is even developed. And that will incentivize the big pharma oh. manufacturers to make vaccines for these poor brown people. Have well, even more. What was Win-win. it? You know, recently we have Gates. Uh, yeah, we'll pay off your polio debt that you did with Japan. You're going to eradicate if you owe so many tens of millions of whatever, and then we'll give you incentive here and do this if you have complete 100% vaccination or 97.6 of whatever the hell the condition of. Oh, and you want to go to the grocery store? You want to get on the ski lift? You want to, there's going to be incentive. Where's your card? And we keep worrying about there's going to be an immigration thing. No, they're going to have a national ID of you got to, where's your shot? You know, this is, this is, this is not, this is, I don't think this is going to be, fully swallowed by everybody it's that kind of lincoln thing you can fool all the people some of the time and some of the people all the time but not everybody all the time but it's going to be swallowed by more people than you would expect i know precisely because precisely because they have framed it in a way that everyone is all the statists are on board with it and you know 99 percent of people unfortunately are statists because well yeah we need national ids and national borders as long as i get my universal basic income (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and how are we going to prove that we're real Americans? We're going to carry the real ID card, and oh, you know, by well, the way, that's going to come with your vaccination, you know, history right. and whether well, or not. One of the things related. that we had up there, and I wanted to talk about, was um, because of not going to the doctor, not having well baby visits, and all that. Because the mortality rate of all of these well baby visits, they go get their fifteen gazillion shots all the time, and I mean, if you have, I got twelve grandkids, and I'm telling you, man, it's like. Well, baby visit, well, baby, well, baby, well, baby, you know, whatever they call it, it's the opposite, man. I was like, hell no. And my daughters and daughters-in-law, they're just going, man, you have no idea the pressure they put on, you know, the kind of men you have to, or they screw it. They go to a naturopath or, you know, whatever the hell. So they're just pumping these kids with this stuff. And then all of a sudden they're not, and they don't die. You got a big giant drop in and you're going, whoa, how are they going to, how are they going to manage that? I don't know. And then here in New Hampshire, there's a big thing for not, you know, keep the schools closed, keep the schools closed, which is the freedom community going, nah. 
All my children have finally, one of them, decided not to put their kids back in government schools. They go, nah, we're good. I don't know what they think is going to happen. They're going to open up uh, the schools. And then in Arizona, we got the governor there, Ducey, comes out and goes, you know what? Uh, you can't go on the river anymore. We're closing down the bars again. And uh, everything is closed until at least uh, school maybe kind of start in September of what? What logic is there is somebody paying somebody something for something. All you got is 50 states, man. You got And I tell you when I saw this before, it was Janet Napolitano was governor in Arizona. Okay. She went on to be Department of Homeland Security and how she became governor is like another thing. So she's governor of Arizona. And there was a guy that was corrupt from before, back in the day of whatever that I knew the story of, that became the liaison from Arizona to the Department of Homeland Security. These were 50 guys that were in, you know, the administration and, you know, we're 9-11 of, oh, my God, and we need and color-coded. of. And I had that guy on my show. Because he was all, because, you know, Sheriff Arpaio had a show on my uh, uh, station that I was on, and he was on Sheriff Arpaio's show, so he thought I was cool, I'm on the same station. Goes in the same studio, libertarian, it didn't go as well as he thought. So they were arguing over their color coding thing, and they had a plan. All of a sudden I'm going, why, what, you got red, whatever the hell happens in Miami, why you got to shut down Seattle? What possible connection do you have with that? Which is the same thing that's going on here. It's got to be a national thing. It's all BS. It's made up. It's just, a, and they cause all kinds of turmoil. Then you get pushbacks from the state. And that instance, with these color coding kind of stuff, I'm thinking that they learned the incentives. We got to have, and you got to pay for, and you got to get, and it's going to come down to the pensions. This whole thing is what I thought was going to happen. The economic collapse was going to center around the municipal and state pensions. Well, what are they doing? They're going to be paying them off. They're going to be subsidizing. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to something. I have no idea what, but I think that's what they're got, you know, carrot they're hanging in front of these governors and mayors and stuff. Let me make the, just a quick note on what you're saying there. Um, uh, yes, you make a, a very important point that the, as 9-11 and the terror state, all of that was the terror industrial complex, was all about nationalizing security and nationalizing the homeland. Um, quite specifically, and and of course it had international implications and ramifications, but it was certainly about federalization of policing and all of that. This new 9-11, whatever, um, <laughs> is going to be the internationalization of that. It is explicitly an international threat to international security, and how are we going to deal with that only at an international level? And the first order of effects that we're seeing from that is, for example, Europe, won't be opening their borders to America because America hasn't handled this in the right way. And you you better believe until everyone's vaccinated and they have their vaccine ID cards and blah, 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 and they can prove they're good citizens, they won't be allowed to travel to Europe or anywhere else. And every country is going to be doing that and is already doing that, in fact. Japan is now starting to allow businessmen to fly between Japan and Vietnam, but, you know, you have to quarantine and you have to follow certain rules when you're there and all of this stuff, so... This is this is par- so much about what this is about. The other part about uh, about the economic 
ramifications and financial ramifications, of course, again, exceptionally important because this is a gigantic economic swindle at the same time. You know, one of the things that was a big issue in, uh, I think it was like 2005, six, we had uh, one of our Freedom Summits, and it was a big debate on immigration. This is before, you know, Trump and everything, you know, whatever. And um, it was all centered around ID. And some people are like, yeah, Merca, I'm proud to show my American flag-colored passport, whatever the hell, ID of something, right? And, of course, you know, that means, well, then it's papers, please, and, you know, when do they get to look? Is it, you know, you got to pat? At least it's going out or coming in kind of deal. But once you're home-based, you know, I'm home and freaking I'm home, get the hell out of my face. Well, we have to deal with checkpoints in Arizona a lot. You know, you anywhere near the border, you got all this kind of crap going on. Well, of course, where I might be in detained, I might be in detained, am I free to go? And I'm just, I always ask, are you a U.S. citizen? I was born in a hospital in Florida. What? I was born in a hospital. That sounds like a legal question. I don't remember. I was, you know, whatever the hell. That, yeah, go, whatever. I'm a middle-aged white guy. They don't care, you know. But you can see it constricting. You, you, you press this stuff to find out where the edge is. You know, you opt out all the time on your TSA stuff. You get your, you know, whatever the hell. It's getting to where they can see and they know who the resistors are and how they're doing everything. And it's going to come to a point that they don't give a crap. And the proper role of government defending rights, don't care, not on our agenda, we're going to do whatever the hell we want. Well, there's a blowback to that. And do you think that they, them, those, and the governments and different levels of, are they needing that? Are they prepared for that? Do they expect that? Is that part of their formulation of what's going on? What do you think? Oh, there's no way that they would be surprised by a kickback to what's going on. The uh, I think the surprising thing is how little we have seen so far, but yeah. perhaps that's part of their uh, calculations as well. But absolutely, I, in fact, I uh, recently turned this on an interview that I did, essentially the Corona Constitution is being written. It is exposing, uh, once again, that there is no, I mean, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, whatever the particular piece of paper in your particular locale is called, it means absolutely nothing. It is a piece of paper that the authorities will choose to abide by or choose not to abide by as they see fit. Like the governor of New Jersey saying to Tucker Carlson, yeah, I don't know what the constitutional basis for me not allowing certain people to go to work is. That's above my pay grade. Uh, you know, who cares? And maybe, maybe a few years from now, maybe some court will say, well, you know, you shouldn't have done that. But what does that matter? Those businesses are already out of business. You know, done deal. That is the way this works, and this is the this is the new Corona Constitution that's being written, which is whatever we say in the name of, of health security at any time. And uh, that's, I mean, that that I should drill into the minds of anyone with lingering ideas that statism is the answer to all of this. What uh, that that is not the answer. But as as you're saying, they already know who is opting out. Literally and metaphorically. Did, did you ever come across in your research a thing called um, the Constitution for the New States of America? It was a Ford Foundation and Rockefeller thing back in the late 70s. And they did it. When you read this Constitution, you know, you should, you know, do a search on it right now. Just put new Constitution, yeah. a Constitution for the New States of America. And mm -hmm. the Bill of Rights was replaced with, you know, this Bill of Privileges kind of thing. And it was, you know, you have the right to free speech when and if, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
and it was a thing. You know, I'm kind of surprised. I'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get it. Mm. You know, I'll get Please it to you. Forward it, yeah. And and it was um, something in the early '90s that as a young libertarian, we're going to always, you know, want you to look up this stuff and you need it. And I'm going, holy crap! This is like their 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 event 201 kind of crap and what we have to do in the new states of America thing. So yeah, it's called the new states. All right, audience, we're going to do it because damn it, we need to do this. You know, we'll pull it up. And I, I, where do I got to go? I got to go to Google, you know, I hate going to Google, but you know, I think I know that they will have it. And then, uh, Oh yeah, I got the wrong keyboard. All right. So it's a new uh, the Constitution for the New States of America. I'm pretty sure that's it. Constitution for the New States of America. Boom. All right, let's see what we get. New States of America Constitution. Boom shakalaka. Here we go. Proposed Constitution for the New States of America. Constitution proposed, blah, 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 blah. All right, so let's see if this is uh, the one I'm thinking about. I'm thinking this is it. Okay, some scary parts of the proposed. I think if you click into it, you go to the, you know, whoever it is. And at the bottom, it had when they were doing it and who was doing it. But anyway, so it's a new constitution. You read the Bill of Rights, and it's kind of like freedom of expression, of communication, of movement, and assembly, or a petition shall not be abridged except in declared emergency. You know, it's that kind of crap, you know. So this right here, when you do the research on it, it was, um, let's see, a constitution for the new states, yada, 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 yada. Uh, Aspen Institute. Chairman Robert O. Anderson, Chief Executive Officer, you know, whatever the hell. So anyway, this was, uh, I don't know if this, they just put this up there or who. Well, I've, got a, I've got a 1970 New York Times article, Study Center Offers New U.S. Constitution, on the theory that one way to stimulate thinking about the shortcomings of the present U.S. government is to conceive a plan for a better one. The Center for the Study of Democratic Institutions has suggested new constitution for the United Fund States. Fund for the Republic, this. which is a Ford Foundation thing. Ford Foundation, yeah. there it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so, the, I mean, just the story behind this. This is what I, mm-hmm. as a young activist, was exposed to. This is, you know, the the plan of. So when they go, well, it's a secret handshake if they got in the comment going, well, of course they do. You know, they never stop. When haven't they? You know, it's us. It's not them. Of course they're going to do it. They're doing it right in front of us. This has been going on forever. You know, this is the kind of stuff I was all, you know, James Corbett and on, you know, back in the early 90s. So I'm just going, you know, that's why I don't, I'm like, oh my God. But now it's manifesting right in front of us now. It's, you know, this was, you know, this event 201 was, you know, a bunch of this crap. You know, and all the stuff that you go on about. Wait, can you go back to that screen for one second? Read Article 1. Just read it out loud for the audience. Okay, let's do Article 1. The the preamble? No, Section 1, sorry. Article 1, Section 1. No, I did. Freedom of expression, of communication, of movement, of assembly, or a petition shall not be addressed except in declared emergency. Except in declared emergency. Yeah, no, I mean, it was all like that. I didn't have to go to another one. This is exactly the kind of, yeah. yeah. Anyone who doesn't see the the entire game that is being played in a statement like that, 
just doesn't understand anything. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I remember this. I'm hell. I'm shocked it's still up on the freaking internet. You know, but yeah. uh, I mean, now yeah. again, it's never going to go away. But um, so this is the kind of stuff that. You know, I was exposed to as a young activist. This was the conspiracy of the Trilateral Commission and the Council on Foreign whatever the hell and Brzezinski and Rockefeller and Roth. I mean, all this stuff and the Federal Reserve and everything, you know, but now it's common knowledge. And I think they know it's common knowledge and they don't care. They're just going, yeah, what are you going to do about it? We own CNN, you know. So I just I so that's my question to you with this. You know, I know I get it. Stay them those. They're going to because they can. So I'm going when is it that they can't? What can't they do? And that's why I'm afraid they're injecting us with notions and potions from the crown, and they're genetically changing us. They're changing our personality, our our propensities for whatever the hell, hell, our even physical ability to resist, you know, whatever pathogen. Of, I mean, this is this is this is big bad. Oh my God, stuff. So, what do you think is going to stop them? Um, well, certainly not a piece of paper. I can tell you that much. Not um, a piece so of paper. I'm not looking for some sort of constitutional answer to the. Not a piece of paper. Thank you. That's all I need to know. Not a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, but let me. So on that notion that you just said about uh, injections and other things, uh, let me read the quote from the Impact of Science and Society. Uh, Bertrand Russell: <laughs> Diet, injections, and injunctions will combine from a very early age to produce the sort of character and the sort of beliefs that the authorities consider desirable. And any serious criticism of the powers that be will become psychologically impossible. Even if all are miserable, all will believe themselves happy because the government will tell them that they are so. Okay, now where did this come from? The better part of a century ago. From where? The Impact of Science on Society by Bertrand Russell. Wow. Yeah, wasn't Bertrand Russell a big eugenics guy? I will not go out on that limb because I uh, I don't have that research in front of me. He, clearly, uh, the, his defenders will say he was warning about what was coming. Uh, I have um, perhaps. Well, no, no, no. It was. That, I, 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 I just, haven't looked into Russell enough to to talk to about him at length. Or whether it was Bernard Shaw or. Um, some... Yeah, George Bernard Shaw is the one. Oh, and okay. interestingly, Bernard Shaw um, was an avowed professed eugenicist many occasions uh, definitely okay, a, and a Fabian socialist and all of it but interestingly enough i do get <laughs> uh, i've gotten a few emails from people for me including him in the gates documentary saying oh you know he was kind of a joker he wasn't really seriously talking about killing people no i don't think people know shaw not just once or twice but on many occasions really he certainly got it into it. the discourse. He definitely wanted that subject brought up, just like Bill Gates does for death panels. You know, yeah, there is. Exactly. See, I I can understand. You know, it's um, you know, uh, you know, my inheritance went away with my father's illness. You know, I get it. You know, I'm you know, I go, hey, Dad, you're looking kind of peaking here. I got a you know, I got a twelve gauge. You know, I'm just you know, I I I see freedom as the answer to all of these things. If you weren't subsidized, if it wasn't this and that, and people prepared for themselves, they made themselves healthier, they ate better, they exercised, they blah 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 blah. You know, quit subsidizing sloth. Quit subsidizing sitting right. on your ass. Quit subsidizing yeah, everything. Is- 
this is always the point that it goes back to. Yeah, there is some underlying idea of something that does need to be discussed in in the death panel discussion and all of that. But the the underlying part of it that is never addressed is okay. So who? Wait, what's this panel? Who appointed them? Exactly. Who authority over me and my family. We make the choices for our family. Who is this panel that sits over top of us and decides who lives and dies? Who appoints them? How do they get their authority? Oh, don't look into any of that. No, we're just going to, the state will decide and we'll appoint these panels. You know what's so bad about it is that as a family, you know, it's like, all right, we all pool together and what can we do to help and how much of my 401k of silver I'm going to, for mom, dad, we all kind of whatever. I mean, which we have done. You know, this is kind of stuff that, you know, we, we make these decisions. But um, uh, to prevent me from doing that, and what's really insidious also, you don't even know what the price tag is. They don't know. You ask the doctor. They have no freaking idea. The price tag? What's that? That was another story out on Freeman's Phoenix today. All these hospitals, because of COVID, that are going out of business. Bullshit. These guys are making bank on this thing. I don't know which one's not. You know, they must be doing it wrong or something. But there is there are New York hospitals, man. You're going on a ventilator, and you ain't coming off. So this is there's somebody somebody's having to stay after school on this stuff. I am I, I am not satisfied that. But where have we seen this before? Nobody got in trouble for 9/11. Nobody got in trouble for the Big Short or the TARP or you know the economic whatever. Nobody's going to get in trouble for this one. Nobody gets in trouble. There's no accountability. You can cops can kill and and maim at whatever. You, can, you know, uh, thugs come into your cul-de-sac and you know rape and pillage and burn and whatever the hell. And then you're the bad guy if you got a gun. I mean, there is some kind of something coming, and I think there's some kind of something pushing back. And I'm and they're setting the stage for something. And I don't know who the hell else to ask other than James Corbett. What the hell are they setting the stage for, man? What the hell? I wish I had the answer. I eh, you lose. Know. Go um, make another Corbett report. <laughs> well, uh, look, I mean, we all see the writing on the wall. We all know which direction this is trending. We all know that this is not the direction we want to be going in. Unless, of course, we manage to steer this in a completely different direction. And that's not going to happen by everyone shutting up and complying and wearing their masks and rolling up their sleeves when they're yeah. going to. It is going to require the only thing that will ever, 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 ever stop the tyrants, which is non-compliance. And uh, let me demonstrate that once again by recourse to the 500-year-old wisdom of Etienne de la Boete, the politics of obedience. Anyone who hasn't read this book, it is not a big book. It looks like a big book. It's actually just big print. You can read this in one sitting if, uh, if you try, and uh, you should. Because it makes the point very forcefully. Tyrants are only tyrants because we go along with it. And I agree that that, that might be changing. That calculus may be changing, in the, certainly in the coming generation or two, because of the technology that's coming online to automate the tyranny and, and to genotic, genetically engineer us and to put the whatever in our food and water and everything else to completely eliminate the human spirit. But as long as the human spirit exists and there is a human factor, then we are complicit if we go along with these plans. The only thing that is incumbent on us and the only thing that will make a difference is non-compliance. Do not go along with these plans. That cannot be, that is the most important thing to stress and underline at every point. The choice is still yours. 
And yes, there will be consequences for those choices, and they're going to get worse and worse. But the choice is still yours. What do you think in that time when uh, Etienne was writing that that um, compulsory government education was a thing? I mean, you know, is that you know, is it a time to where they didn't have the next generation in their control? And what about now? And the fact that they did this school closing thing, I, 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 of all the things that have happened, I think that was probably the most glimmer of hope that I got out of this entire freaking thing. I go, oh, you left the kids with, the, with their parents that love them and find out what you did to them? And they go, yeah. God, you're dumb crap, man. What the hell are they doing? You ain't going yeah. back. You know, I, I don't think they saw that one coming. Yeah, I think the plan is exactly what we saw play out in, for example, New York, where Cuomo the, uh, appoints Bill Gates to to head this new panel or whatever it is to reimagine schooling in the you know post COVID era. Um, so now they're gonna obviously it's all gonna be oh well, well now we'll just get them directly wired into the machines and they'll have machine teachers and it'll you know all be online. Uh, that's their dream. I don't think yeah, but I don't think. It was necessarily part of the plan that families would rediscover, hey, wait, it's actually good to spend time with my family and to be with my children. And, wow, look at this. You know, this is a new new idea. So, yeah, I think there are some definite, I mean, there are definite pressure points here if people apply them. But one thing I want to discourage people from doing is to look online for signs of resistance. Because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be Twittered. The revolution will not be YouTube. The revolution is happening in the streets, in reality, with real people, and there are a lot of people who are not going along with this, but you will not see that reflected in the social media, the controlled social media platforms. They will not allow it. This so is once again, do not look for that for validation. Look for reality and find community in physical meat space. You know, That's that the last vestige of reality. Is what I want to encourage you with as I've I, here in New Hampshire the community. That's what I'm looking for. That 100 to 200, that 120 kind of, you know, groups, uh, you know, little groups around that got it going on. And we found them, many of them that come from all over the world here to the festivals. And I'm just like, and then 4th of July, we're going to have a big fireworks show here and everything too. Um, I'm not worried about some people. I'm not worried about some groups. I'm not worried about a lot of my friends. I'm not as even worried about my family, except, you know, they're wanting the big job of whatever. But uh, we'll survive, thrive, and we'll do okay because, because we're of the right mindset. We understand that we can starve them out of their existence by ignoring them probably most of the time. But, you know, the, the thing is is that there's so many people. There's a great calling coming, and they're going to be roadkill. This is not going to go well for a lot of people, especially those that think that government is going to protect them supply them, nurture them. They're not. You are roadkill. You are cannon fodder. You are there for their agenda, whatever, and you will be quickly discarded. I don't know what the hell you think you're going to get or short-term or long-term thing. And this has happened to all Marxist revolutions. You know, I don't know what the hell they're thinking is going to happen. So my thing is I don't have to beat them. We just have to outlast them. And the love bus going around, I'm looking for these people around the country. And we go back, um, we're here in New England, then we're going back west in the middle of July. We're flying out there for some events. Then we're coming back, then we're traveling across the northern United States after some other things that we're doing up here, looking for these groups. So contact us. 
You know, you go to, you know, Love Bus Liberty Tour is freaking, you know, we're setting up all the social media. Finally, I, you know, I got, uh, you know, that taken care of. My daughter it used to be my producer for two and a half years. She's come back as I'm paying her, but she's like, hell no, I ain't doing the, you know, that's like make you old. She has a full-time job at Honeywell Aerospace, and she's doing this with two children for the cause. Because I can see that people are now understanding how serious this is for the generation next. And there's always a generation next. And they will be seeing James Corbett, CorbettReport.com videos and your commentary. I guarantee it because I will make sure. Damn it. (laughs) James, thanks for coming on. I do feel somewhat better, but I don't know why. You know, I mean, it's yeah. so... <laughs> well, it's, look, yeah, let's not sugarcoat it. It's going to get dark, but uh, there is always the light and the possibility. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's no. It's freaking Neo, no. It's just no. And then we'll see why, just no. Because the hologram is what they're putting up for you. It's not real. If you walk through it and you go, wow, that wasn't even really there. They don't have the power that they want you to believe they do. But we have the power of no. Peace, guys. Thanks a lot, James. You're the man. Hold on a second. Oh crap! I gotta get the right button here. Oh yeah, I got, I got, I got skills. I got a thing here. Boom, boom. There it is. Crap, man. I gotta remember all the shit I gotta do. Um, this is. Uh, Next week, I'm going to be uh, traveling a lot, but I don't want to let too much time go. We'll stay in touch with you. We'll see if we can. Is, is this time, you know, of the week, a Wednesday, is that best for you, you think? Generally so, but not next week. I'm taking next week off. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, that'll work for us because i got a bunch of stuff to do. But I don't want to go sure. too long because, God dang it, yeah, man, but, this is fast. Generally, Wednesday at this time is okay. What is uh, your next project you're working on? Uh, big or small? Uh, I don't know. Next podcast is probably going to be about uh, vaccines, mandatory vaccines, and the new laws and everything. Yeah, that's where we're focused on this mandatory thing. And it, it even in the liberty community, there's like a split of well, you got to, you got to, you got to mandate, mandate. Yeah, you're for mandates. Mm-hmm. You know, where's this mandate thing come in in your philosophy of mandate? So that's yeah. kind of the focus that we're working on too. Hey, I, I, I'm going to miss you, man, because I'm this stuff is going. I think of you a lot and watch your stuff, and I'm glad. You know, once you did the Gates thing, you knew you were going to be on the tour, man. You've been doing a lot of the tour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Thanks, brother. All right, thank you. Take care. Bye.